Welcome to the Ultradent Products Podcast. Today's guest is Dr. Jamie Morgan, a dentist from Sandy, Utah, who practices real-world dentistry and gives practical solutions to everyday problems. Dr. Morgan's background as a researcher at the University of Texas at San Antonio gives us a combined research and clinical view of the problems that you might experience in your office. How are you today, Dr. Morgan? Doing great. Good. Well, we're happy to have you on the show today, and I understand you're going to talk to us today about Vitalescence. I am. One of my very favorite composites to use. So tell me what you like about it so much compared to other composites on the market. Well, I have to tell you that I probably got the first Vitalescence kit um, that was made available in the United States. So I've been using it for quite a while. And it was just so different than anything else we'd had um, in our office. Um, I do realize that there is one other high-end restorative composite that was out there, but this by far outdoes that. And, uh, you know, being the fact that it's a microhybrid, it can be used anywhere in the mouth. I mean, what a, an incredible perk that is not to have to have different composites depending on which tooth I'm working on. And then, of course, the fact that it's highly polishable, um, you know, it's just, it's just a bonus composite all the way around. Great. And you're using it for anterior and posterior. Oh, absolutely. I mean, for me to have to go back to the old way we used to do dentistry of having a hybrid for our posterior fillings and microfills for the anteriors, I mean, what a waste of time and storage space. Sure. And I've seen some of your cases. You've done some beautiful anterior work, um, sometimes where people would have put a veneer instead. Absolutely. Um, In fact, it was when my own children needed uh, some cosmetic or aesthetic work um, that I started reevaluating the porcelain restoration because up until that time, boy, everybody was a good porcelain veneer patient. And so when it came to my own kids, I was like, hmm, do I really want to cut their teeth down? And so that's when I started um, playing with composite and really pushing the envelope to the point where um, I don't prep teeth anymore when I'm doing composite veneers um, unless there is a true um, rotation that won't allow me to camouflage that rotation. Um, But for diastemas or short teeth or um, lingually uh, retroclined teeth, I can go in there and do these beautiful composite veneers without ever touching those teeth with a handpiece. And I think that's an extreme advantage to the porcelain restoration. And how about color matching on those anteriors? You know, when you have composite that provides the translucency, the warm, saturated dentin shades like the Vitalescent system does, it makes it so easy to match whatever the patient is presenting with. Um, and I think that is, that's the true advantage or one of the true advantages of Vitalescence is that you have all these different shades to choose from. You're not going to use all of them every day, but the fact that I have them there if I need them is uh, a big advantage for me. So, and yeah, it's super, super easy to match. And I've patients. seen you actually go through the process of shade selection with doctors, and it seems really easy because you work from the inside of the tooth, correct? Exactly. Um, in fact, there's been so many presentations done and so many 
articles written that have shown how complex placing composites are that I got to thinking about it and thought, no, there's got to be a better way. And so using, if, if you have a patient who has exposed dentin, say like a class four or a posterior tooth, or you're actually looking at the dentin, well, there's your dentin shade. So it's not, you know, it's not this big major deal of, of having a recipe of if I want a, an A3 tooth, I should use these 10 different dip, dentin shades to achieve that. It's like you see the dentin, you match the dentin, that's your dentin shade. Then you choose an enamel shade. And for me, because we bleach pretty much every patient that comes into our office, we're using quite a bit of pearl frost because it's that beautiful translucent enamel shade that does not have any warmth to it. And so it's perfect for those patients who have bleached into that very, very white category. Um, and then for everybody else, we're using Pearl Neutral. So we keep it very simple in our office, and most of the times, most of the time, it is only two shades, one dentin and one enamel shade that gives us the lifelike qualities that other systems or other speakers are saying you need to use five or six shades to accomplish. And that has got to be such a time savings, especially to achieve the kind of results I've seen in your presentations. Oh, thanks, Melanie. Um, actually, it is such a time saver, and it just surprises me that, you know, people are so stuck on, they want to be artsy-craftsy instead of thinking about how can I get this done in the shortest period of time without compromising on the quality and the beauty of the restoration. Um. Now you have some really beautiful incisal halos on your restorations. How are you achieving that? Again, super, super simple. All we do is by placing the enamel shade, like the pearl frost I was just mentioning, over our dentin shade and bringing it slightly incisal to the dentin shade, like you would see in a natural tooth if you were to cut it down the center and look inside, that when you polish it, the incisal halo is an automatic. I mean, you don't have to go in there and, and put a white piece of composite at that incisal edge. It's all about the optical properties that are already built into the composite. So, super simple. Yeah. And I've also seen you talk about a technique for blocking out show-through. Um, yes. As a matter of fact, we had a, a patient several years ago that came in and her teeth were, you know, kind of in that A3 um, range or so it seemed. And so we talked to her about bleaching and she says, well, I've got a lot of translucency in my teeth and I'm afraid to bleach. So obviously she had a very high dental IQ because she knew that that was a contraindication mm -hmm. of bleaching. And so the more she talked about her translucency and it causing her teeth to be dark, the more it occurred to me that, wow, all we have to do is put a white composite on the lingual of those teeth and the translucency is gone. And so as soon as we did that, automatically her teeth just looked like they had been bleached simply by blocking out that excessive translucency wow. that the patient did not find desirable in her smile. And are you using opaque white or opaque snow for that? I use opaque snow. In fact, that's one of my workhorses in the system. We use quite a bit of opaque snow on anterior restorations as the lingual wall. So whether we're trying to break out, um, block out translucency on natural teeth that don't have any other restorations on them, or whether we're doing one of our veneers or class four repair, opaque snow is almost always going to be our lingual wall. Sure, and in that class four situation, it really blocks out the line. Oh, between you, the tooth and the composite. Ab you have no idea what a good friend opaque snow can be <laughs> in, those, in those class four restorations. 
And the other thing with the class fours is that rather than doing that very traditional straight long bevel, we do a scalloped bevel so that it actually breaks up that straight line that we're always mm -hmm. trying to hide. So we get a better blending of the composite itself right into the facial surface of the tooth. So the opaque snow combined with that scalloped bevel and you just, you're going to have an imperceptible margin. That's great. And sounds quick and easy, too. It is. Speaking of quick and easy, your polishing method also seems a lot quicker than what a lot of doctors are <laughs> struggling yeah, through. It really is. And again, it just came down to, um, you know, the more I did these, the more I was trying to make it simpler. And again, without ever compromising on the quality um, or the outcome of that restoration. And so the more I played around with the polishing instruments that were available, because I was a big fan of discs, you know, going through mm -hmm. these 10 different discs and then going through a polish, a special polishing paste that was designed for composites, you know, I'd always use those. And then I began to see that I really wasn't getting a super high shine after I rinsed off the residue from the polishing paste. Not only that, but I didn't have any microanatomy. And one of the biggest mistakes we make as clinicians is that when we go to polish, we don't leave enough texture in the facial of that um, restoration to break up the light the way a natural tooth does. And so my favorite method of polishing, don't laugh because it is really, really simple. <laughs> I use um, a burr, and it, it's a Brazzler burr. It's a, called a 48L. It's a finishing burr, and I go over the, the facial surface of the tooth. It leaves texture already in the surface of the tooth, so I don't have to go over it with anything else usually. And then I go over it with a Jiffy Polisher, which is an alternate product that I have not found anything else out there that comes close to doing what that Jiffy brush can do. So that's it. Two polishing instruments, the uh -huh. burr and a Jiffy brush. Do you use the flat brush or the pointed one? I like the flat one. I feel like I get more surface coverage by using the, the flat one, whether I'm doing a posterior or an anterior tooth. Great. Well, it sounds like we have a caller, and this caller is from Alabama. Go ahead, caller. What's your question? Yes, my name's Sherry. I'm calling from Alabama, and I was uh, just calling because the doctor I work for does quite a few composites. He does quite a few of the anterior veneer type composites. And I was wondering if you could recommend uh, the best treatment when uh, the patients come in for their six-month treatments. If you could tell me um, as far as cautions, precautions, thoughts, as far as, you know, margins, um, fluorides, let's see, you know, just more or less if there's anything I can do to extend the life and keep them looking as good as they do when they first leave his, uh, his chair. Thank you. Well, what I found is that when the patients come back in for their recall is that we, um, first of all, these composites are very, very hard, so we're not having to treat them with kid gloves. I mean, they're chewing on these restorations every day, and so, you know, these are not something that we have to go in there and be extra careful when we go in to clean them. But what we do like to do is when we're doing the prophy, we're polishing the natural teeth, is we usually go ahead and pull out that dippy brush and polish up our composites along with polishing the natural teeth. The other thing that we like to do, um, especially on posterior teeth, is we will re-etch that surface of the restoration in the tooth for five seconds, or excuse me, for 15 seconds. We'll rinse, we'll dry, and we'll place Permaseal. And your composite sealers have been shown in research for several years now 
to improve the integrity and wear resistance of that restoration. So just by treating your patients to a little additional TLC at their recall appointments will certainly improve longevity of those restorations. Now, insofar as fluoride application, you know, so many patients today have porcelain in their mouth, whether it's one crown or whether they have 28 porcelain restorations, rather than than going in there and, and checking to see if they do or they don't, we always use the um, neutral sodium fluoride just to make sure because we know that APF etches porcelain, so therefore we don't use APF. The neutral sodium fluoride has been shown to do um, to give the same protection as the other fluorides without the adverse effects to the restorative materials that have been used in that patient's mouth. So other than that, that's pretty much all the, you know, the care that we have to, um, to give these patients when they come in and recall. Great. Well, thank you so much, and thanks to our listeners for tuning in. Be sure to check out our website because Dr. Morgan is giving several Ultradent seminars for us uh, this fall and I'm sure next year as well. So keep an eye on our calendar and make sure and visit her when she comes to a city near you. Thanks so much, Melanie. I appreciate it. Thanks, Dr. Morgan. To submit a question for another episode of our podcast, please send an email to ultradentnews at ultradent.com or you can call 1-800-268-9010. For a full archive of our podcast, please visit podcast.ultradent.com. <music>